in prayer. So indulge me a little bit if you have to. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I came back again to remind some of y'all that salvation is a family plan. It's a family plan. Joshua 24 was the foundation that we built upon. Let's just read it again since there was a week in between part one and part two. Thank you, Pastor Jamil, for bringing a powerful word for us last Sunday. Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all fullness. Joshua speaking. He's just taken over leadership from Moses. Moses has passed away. They're about to cross over into the promised land. He says, throw away your gods, little g, your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors serve beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, hold, we will serve the Lord. Now, last Sunday, I mean, two weeks ago, we established that that household represents multiple generations. Multiple He was prophesying, as far as me and my house of every generation, we will serve the Lord. He didn't say they will. He said we will serve the Lord. Let's re- re- just review a little bit more today. God gave humanity a model for thriving on this earth, and that model is called the family A husband, a wife, mother, father, married to one another, bearing children. The family as God designed it. And His promises are for you, yes, but they're for your children and your children's children also. The Holy Spirit outpouring is for you. Scripture says in Acts chapter 2, but it's for your sons and your daughters, your handmaidens, your young men and your old men. And I'm coming to understand that being a reference to God speaking to multiple generations within a family, within a household. Every generation today is being saved, called, filled with the Holy Spirit in this final hour before Jesus comes back again because we have a war to win. We have a harvest to gather in and God is calling every generation to come to the front lines and He's filling them with His Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I think most of us have heard of the call of Moses. I got this little example because I think most of us understand. If you don't, Moses was a type he was a foreshadow of Christ. Moses called to be the deliverer of the, of the Hebrew people out of Egyptian slavery. He was a type of, of Christ, a shadow of, of the one to come. God chose him and called him. When Moses was introduced to the world, however, he was found in a basket floating down a river. Right? His birth and his family were not publicly introduced to the whole world. His lineage, I mean, however, but for Jesus, he came not floating in a basket down a river. Jesus came through a mama, through a, a, through a family unit that was known his, his lineage was known, his mother was known, his earthly father was known, his brothers, his siblings were known as they're named in Scripture. 
And I just saw such a revelation there that, yes, Moses was a type, but they found him floating in a basket, didn't really know where he came from. Jesus, however, salvation was born through the family structure that God had given humanity. Hallelujah. And some of the final uh, acts of Jesus as he hung suspended on the cross just before breathing his last breath. Well, we can read it in John chapter 19, verse 25. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother, now he's agonizing, dying, about to, about to give up the ghost. But he was very intentional and very deliberate. He saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby. He said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple whom he loved. Now you cross-reference that. And the, the disciple whom Jesus loved was John. John the beloved. Believed to be at the time of his calling to be one of the twelve. Believed to be the youngest of the twelve when Jesus called him. He was the one seen, uh, described as laying over on Jesus' breast at the Last Supper. Again, they're described as the disciple whom Jesus loved, John. It was not a biological sibling. It was a spiritual son named John that he assigned the care of his mother to and biblical history, historians write and, and, and account for and record that John did that, caring for Mary up until she died. Why John instead of one of his biological brothers? John 7, 5 tells us that his brothers did not believe in him. His biological brothers at the time of his death, did not believe in him. But if you continue on studying that out later, his brother James does come to believe and is credited with writing the book of James and becomes a key leader in the early church. But at the point of Jesus' death, scripture, uh, the record is that his four brothers did not, his four biological brothers did not believe upon him, did not believe he was the Messiah. He chose a spiritual son, to take care of his mother until the day she died. Now, I told you two Sundays ago, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but that the, the covenant bond of the spiritual family is actually stronger than flesh and blood bond, which is called the water of the womb. We'll come back to that in a moment. But the bond of the spiritual bond of the spiritual blood through Christ Jesus, that's why some of y'all in this room today, you didn't have a a godly earthly father, a godly earthly mother. And maybe you don't to this day, but you've got godly siblings, uh, spiritual mothers and fathers here to invest in your life, to love you, to pray for you. And that bond is actually stronger because it's sealed by the covenant, the new covenant, which is the blood of Jesus Christ. But I just had to come back and remind you that God's family, God's salvation plan is a family plan. He saved you and he had your whole family in front of him. He intended to save your entire family and still in, intends to do that that it's time for you to speak up for your family members well i can't speak for them they're grown now you better speak up 
in heaven for your family members if they're not yet walking with God. Your lost family members cannot speak for themselves before God, but you can and you must. And I'll tell you this, God is going to hear my children's names. He's going to hear my children's names. He's going to know who my children are. He's going to know who my brothers and sisters are. He's going to know who my nieces and nephews are. He's going to know who my grandchildren are. He's going to know who my parents are because I'm calling their names out before him every day, putting God in remembrance of who my kids and who my family are. And I will not stop until they all come into the kingdom. As for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. I found a promise for every parent, every grandparent who raised your children in the house of the Lord. When they were older, they've walked away. They're not going to stay away. Be of good cheer. I said they're not going to stay away. And I asked the Holy Spirit to just breathe right now upon each one of us fresh revelation that you'll get a hold of this quick in this moment. God, just drop this in my spirit this morning as I'm going over a sermon that I'd already prepared. He took me to this passage. I'm like, ah, thank you, Lord, for the revelation moment we're all about to have. In Jeremiah chapter 31, starting in verse 16, this is what the Lord says. Restrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, for your work will be rewarded declares the Lord, they, your family, will return from the land of the enemy. So there is hope for your descendants, declares the Lord. Your children will return to their own land. Hallelujah. That ought to make somebody want to shout right there. Your work of intercession, your work of standing in the gap for them will be rewarded even though it would seem like they're in the land of the enemy at this point. There's hope, declares the Lord. Your children will return to their own land. Let's continue. I have surely heard Ephraim's moaning. You you discipline me like an unruly calf and I have been disciplined. Restore me and I will return because you are the Lord my God. After I strayed, I repented. After I came to understand, I beat my breast. I was ashamed and humiliated because I bore the disgrace of my youth And now God goes on to say, is not Ephraim, is not put your child's name there, put your daughter's name there, my dear son, my dear daughter, the child in whom I delight, though I I often speak against him. They're in sin right now. God can't, you know, he can't bless sin. Sin upsets God. His word is clear in how it addresses sin. But look at this. I still remember him. Therefore, look, my heart, God is speaking, yearns for him. I have compassion for him, declares the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Mm, I see family restoration. I see household salvation. I see every prodigal, your descendants that are in a foreign, foreign land, that are out in the land of sin somewhere, your work, your intercession, your tears, your groanings will be rewarded, says the Lord. They will return from the land of the enemy. God says, I still remember them. I have not forgotten your wayward family members. I still remember them and my heart yearns for them. And I will show them great compassion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. To you who have family members who have turned away from the Lord, God is saying, I still remember them. I still remember her. My heart yearns for them. I have great compassion for each one of them. I am not willing that any one of them perish. There is hope for your descendants. There is hope for your household. There is hope they will return from the land of the enemy. Your children will return to their own land, says the Lord. Hallelujah. And my friend, if you don't stand in the gap for anybody else, uh, you better be standing in the gap for your family in this hour because the devil plays for keeps uh, and he is out like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour, seeking to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's glad to take them as spoil, but he ain't getting my family because as for me and my house, uh, we will serve the Lord. My kids are, my, my God's going to know my family's names. They're going to know my children's names. He is because I'm going to call them out every day, morning, noon and night until they come to themselves and have an awakening and come back. Turning from the sins of their youth like we just read. And they come back home to the Father's house. And don't stop praying now. And if you haven't been, you better stand in the gap for them and cry out day and night. My, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. God's salvation is a family plan. I've got all of my family in the plan. I am speaking for them. Well, you can't really speak for I can speak for them. I don't care how old they are. I don't care what's going on in their life, whether they're married, single, or whatever. I speak for my family, and I call their names out to God every single day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know how you feel about intercession. If you feel like you have never felt like you're an intercessor, you better start believing right now. You're an intercessor for your family. Yes, you are. If you have family members that are outside of God's family right now, then you are an intercessor. Because this is all an intercessor is. One who stands before the Lord on behalf of others. That's a short, simple definition of intercession. One who stands before the Lord on behalf of others. One who calls others' names out to the Lord. One who prays for and speaks blessing over others' lives, bringing them into remembrance before the Lord. Speak up for them to the Father. You have power of attorney over them in the Spirit. That means I have authority over their eternal souls and why they are not capable of choosing while they cannot choose, I am choosing Jesus for them. Hallelujah. I'm choosing for them. 
Well, isn't that arrogant? It is not arrogant. It's the authority of Jesus Christ upon your my life as a father and a grandfather. I'm speaking up in heaven's courts on behalf of my children that aren't speaking up for themselves. Hallelujah. I'm choosing for them. As for me and my house, we all are going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 You know, there's another story in the Bible that illustrates again God's promises are for the family. Starting with salvation. But you know what? The promise of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He gives us such a beautiful story of how that promise, he meant it when he said, your sons, your daughters, your handmaidens, your young men, your old men, the prophets, all, he speaks to every generation in, in, in Joel's prophecy, and again, as it was fulfilled in Acts chapter 2, and there's a man, a Gentile man, was not of the circumcision, he was a Gentile man. Acts chapter 10 gives us his story, his name was Cornelius. And let's just set, let's set this up. As at Caesarea, Acts 10, verse 1, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all of his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius! He said, what is it, Lord? The angel said, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner whose house is by the sea. Now what happened is God's getting ready to choose Cornelius, the first Gentile family to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And as he's speaking to Cornelius, Peter's having a dream. A tr he's in a trance. He's caught up and he's seeing and hearing heavenly things. And God is preparing Peter to go. And we're going to pick it up in verse 22. The men replied, we have come. They've come, they've come to the house from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the believers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. His biological family and his spiritual family, he's called them together in a very intentional way. Hallelujah. Look what happened. Verse 44, because all Peter does, and he just tells them about the dream, tells them about the dream. We're skipping that down to verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished. 
that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. You have household baptism in the Holy Ghost. Every one of them that gathered in that meeting were filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, Just in the same way that we were in the upper room with the gift of speaking in other tongues. God's promises, when he makes them to you, he's not just making them to you, but to your household, to your whole family of every generation. And this was a direct fulfillment concerning the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Cornelius was intentional to do his part. What was that? Gather his household together prior to Peter's arrival. We just read it. Cornelius was expecting Peter, and he called everybody together. Hallelujah. God was making it very clear in pouring out His Spirit upon Cornelius that he, extend, he intended to expand his salvation plan and his promises beyond just the Jewish people. He include, including pouring out His Spirit upon Gentile families, and that expansion continues to this very day. Hallelujah. There's another thing that really stands out, really stands out here. And again, the intentionality of Cornelius, the intentionality of Cornelius. Be intentional. He was intentional in gathering everyone together because they were about to have an appointment with God. So folks, in this time, in this hour, when darkness is sweeping this land, my heart breaks daily when I read of decisions or court decisions or this new policy or that, it's like, dear God, please don't write Ichabod over the doorposts of America. Not yet have mercy on us. We've got to be intentional like never before to be light, to be intentional in intercession, intentional in standing in the gap, intentional for calling out our family's name by name before God. We cannot live vague and unfocused lives in this hour. Don't allow yourself to be carried away by every wind and idea and opinion of the day and every political report and every news story. Be intentional and be deliberate. I love these few verses. I don't often uh, read from the amplified version of Scripture, but you'll see it just like that. And And the Apostle Paul speaking to the Ephesian church, look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people. Making the very most of the time. Buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. We must be intentional and focused. You know, it's a very interesting thing what happens when you take light and focus it. When you take a ray of light and concentrate it and fine-tune it, it becomes a weapon. When you take a little stream of water and fine-tune it and concentrate it and become intentional with it, wow, what a difference can be made. Our light 
And our testimony and our witness must be more focused and intentional than ever before. And I want to challenge you today. Fine-tune your testimony. Write it out. Now, I've asked certain people to write out their testimonies and send them to me. But you know what? I'm going to do something right here in this moment. If you would like to share your testimony of faith publicly to this congregation, write it out. Send it to me. The email address is so simple. Even if you don't write this down, you won't forget it when you leave here. Info at A2WC.com. Info at A2WC.com. Send it to me. Let me go over it, and we're going to be choosing some folks to share real soon. I mentioned this several weeks ago. I didn't forget. I need, I've asked certain people to write it out. I got to, you know, I, you trust me to edit it if it needs to be edited a little bit, but we want to, we want to be able to share and be appropriate in sharing because some of you have some real graphic details maybe in your testimony of what God's brought you through or brought you out of. But if you want to, if you want to be considered to share your testimony, write it out. Send it to me at info at a2wc.com. We must become intentional as never before, understanding that the days are evil and the time is short. Hallelujah. Because understand this about God. He's intentional. I said he's intentional. God never has to say, whoops, oops, oh, sorry, I didn't mean that. Oh, 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 oh I misspoke. I didn't mean for you to actually do that. Now that promise, that's promise just for you, not for everybody. God never misspeaks. He's intentional in what he says. His word goes forth. It does not come back empty. His, he watches over his word to perform it. Isaiah 55, the prophet Isaiah reminds us, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from the heavens, and return not there again, but water the earth and make it bring forth and sprout there again, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. Again, the amplified without producing any effect or useless, but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose and it shall prosper in the thing for which for which I sent it. Did you know God said his word says he's even exalted the word, his word over his name. The word of the Lord will last forever, will stand forever. His word will never return back to him empty. His word is quick and sharper, powerful, more sharper and powerful than a two-edged sword. His word became flesh and, that, and through Jesus the word dwelt among us, walked among us. In the beginning the word, in the end the word, and everything in between is about the word of God. You cannot live vague and, and without understanding in this hour. Read his word, meditate on his word, speak his word, pray his word, sing his word, share his word, know his word, know the truth, and it will set you free. Hallelujah. Man shall not live by bread alone, 
but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Well, I just wish I knew the will of God for me. My friend, if you don't know the will of God for you, then you don't know the word because the will of God is wrapped up in the word of God. And as you get into the word of God, the Holy Spirit will unfold for you the will of God for your life. You cannot be a person of the word and claim if God will just show me and tell me what his will for my life is. That is being vague and foolish and careless to say something like that. If you don't know the will of God for your life, you cannot possibly be digging into this word, reading this word, speaking this word, praying this word, declaring this word, standing on this word, memorizing. That cannot be true or his will will come forth from the pages of this. Let me tell you something. There's too many voices right now. There's too many voices. Too many voices. And it's too easy to go clickety-click and pick and choose what voice you want to hear that day. Folks, we need to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit who speaks through the Word of God. It starts right here. This is the sure word of prophecy. This is going to come to pass. It is surely going to be just like this. And let me just, let me just stick this little segue in right here. If America turns away from Israel. This word is clear. And we come under a curse. I don't know if any of you saw that little clip. It's circulating again. That, that, that senator in Turkey, he stood up in the parliament of Turkey and he began to pronounce curses upon Israel and began to curse them for, for defending themselves and began to speak against Israel and pro-Hamas. And in the moment, I've watched it, I've seen it, the man dropped dead right at the podium. He dropped dead. Ooh, look out. It's going to be even as God says. And we better be crying out for America because if our current president and our current government and they're leaning away from Israel already, if they ever make it very clear where they stand and if that stand is against Israel, this nation comes under the curse of God. And there's nothing... There'd be nothing we could do but pray and intercede and ask God for his mercy and to give us our leaders wisdom to smite our leaders in the night, to, to give them a trance, give them a revelation of Jesus, speak an audible word to them that they never stop blessing Israel because that will affect us all. Folks, I'm here to tell you, pray the word of God. Meditate upon the word of God. Isaiah says again in chapter 40, a voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all the people will see it together. Why? Because the mouth of the Lord has spoken. I'm here to tell you today, your prayers should merely echo the Word of God. Your words and my words should merely echo the Word of God. Our meditations and thoughts should echo the Word of God. Our spoken declarations and our preaching and decrees should merely echo the Word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We bless your name, Jesus. We give you glory. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. By the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
God has chosen what Scripture calls what I'm doing right now to bring people to faith and to grow their faith, the foolishness of preaching. How can they hear without a preacher? How can they believe unless someone is sent to them? And how can they hear without a preacher? Folks, I'll tell you something. We've got so much more uh, uh, coaching going on than we do preaching today in the body of Christ. We've got so much more leadership uh, seminars and leadership church growth uh, uh, seminars and conferences than we have. We need to be ra- we need to be crying out to God for God to raise up the next generation of preachers, people that will preach the word of God with boldness and anointing, because the preaching of the word causes salvation to come. The preaching of the word causes faith to rise up in the heart. I don't know how you feel, but uh, I've got a lot of good job security right now because what I'm doing right now every one of you need and you need it all the time because the preached word faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God how can they believe but someone be sent how can they believe unless someone go and preach the word to them so by preached word faith rises in your heart faith grows for you to believe God for the things that you're believing God for hallelujah So God give America preachers in this hour, not CEOs. (laughs) God help us. God is watching over His Word to perform it. He's watching over it. I build my life upon the Word of God because this is coming to pass. And when this comes to pass, I'm going to get mine because I've built my life on this. i built my life on this. I've raised my children on this, my, my family on this. I was raised up in it, and I thank God for that. Everyone's testimony is unique to them, their testimony of faith. God's in every single testimony. And I thank God for keeping me now all these, all my life. Over 35 years of, of ministry, public ministry, but I was saved long before that. I thank God for that. And I want to tell you today, don't stop crying out for your family. Get in the Word like you've never gotten into the Word before. It's a combination of the Word and the Spirit of the Word and the Spirit of the power of the Spirit working together in this hour because we need to know what thus saith the Lord is. Not the latest TV preacher, not the TV, not the Christian radio station, but we need to know what the Word of God says. This is what's going to happen. It will be even as God has said it will be. So I would get to know what it is God says like never before. And I would get into this word like never before and and let your words and your prayers and your testimony and your worship merely just echo, thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's stand all over this room. Would you bow your heads with me for just a brief moment? There could be somebody right here right now. And we're not going to ever just dismiss or, or move on to anything else without giving you an opportunity. If you're in this room right now and you don't know Jesus, you've not come to faith in Him. You've not accepted Him. You've not said, yes, Lord, be my Savior. You can do that right now before you leave. I want to have our altar team. They know who they are. Ministry team, you know who you are. Coming down, we're trying to have them all wear a badge. We don't allow anybody to just pray with anybody. If we don't know you, you, I know you all appreciate that too. But our ministry team, come. They're here. If you need prayer, 
I'm not sure. I need to, I want to just come and present myself in a fresh way. And I want to lay myself on the altar in a fresh way today. They'll minister to you. You, you don't want to share anything, don't share anything. But just come and let us pray for you right here. You know what? A prayer of agreement is not going to hurt you one bit. And it just might help. It might be the turning point in your life before you leave today. Is there anybody, anybody, you, wanna, you just want somebody to pray with you right here? We're going to wait just a moment. Just come and let us pray for you. Let us pray with you. We always come around this altar and we're, and we're, we're still going to do that. You just need a prayer of faith, a prayer of agreement. Come, stand in front of any of these prayer team that are here. They will minister to you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Shalom. Let's wait a few more minutes. Come, you can come. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, thank you for what you're doing in this moment. Healing, forgiving, washing sins away, bringing peace, bringing hope, bringing encouragement, bringing faith. Faith stirred through the preaching of the word. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you.
Let's honor, let's honor what's happening here around the altar as these are being ministered to. <clears throat> We're going to include in this prayer time a introduction and just a special moment of prayer for a guest we have in the service with us all the way from the Dominican Republic. Pastor Rudy Delgado is here. Rudy, God bless you. I want to ask, I want to ask Rudy to come, ask my wife to come. We just want to pray a prayer of blessing over Rudy. You can come right up here, Rudy, honey, up here with me. There's no language barrier in the spirit. We're going to intercede and just pray. We, do you want to say anything about about our relationship with 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 now Pastor Rudy? Wasn't a pastor when we met him. We've been in Haiti. We could tell you some stories, couldn't we? Could tell some stories. Well, what I what I want to tell you about Pastor Rudy and his beautiful wife Perla. I was the madrina, like godmother, one of them, for their wedding 12 years ago. Rudy and his wife, Perla, Rudy's a man of God. Way back when I met him, like 2008, he gave me a word from the Lord that was so powerful. He is plugged in. He loves God. He and his wife have a beautiful school in the Dominican Republic, but they are also pastors. And they need our prayers. We stand with them. They're just family in another country, but they're family. We love them so much. He has three beautiful boys, handsome little men. And we just want to pray for God's protection, for the power of the Holy Spirit yes, to flood them. And I want to encourage you <laughs> yes, right now Lord. as we're praying, ask the Lord, Lord. Yes, Lord. How should I bless this man of God? <clears throat> the Lord's already spoken to me in a mount. So, you know, you might get some hallelujah handshakes, Rudy, that I can tell you he's not asking for. He's a man of humility. But we want to bless him. So stretch your hands out. We're praying Go for ahead. Perla as well. Just so, Heavenly prayer, Father, yes, Lord. thank you. For this man of God. Thank you, Father. A man of integrity. Yes, Father. And for Perla, she has a heart and a passion for souls. A heart and passion for children. Lord, I pray that you will bless them. We declare that their steps are ordered by you. You have placed them in this position for such a time as this. And Holy Spirit, we agree together. As spiritual sisters and brothers and mothers and fathers, we bless them in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father God, that you will take them to the next level. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will place upon them an intensity for the hour. Lord, the hour is coming when you are coming again so soon. And Lord, what we do for you, we must do quickly. So Lord, I pray your anointing. I pray that you will empower them. 
Lord, I pray that you will cover them and protect them, protect their children. I pray, Lord, for the word of God to be in Rudy's mouth, in Perla's mouth. Lord, for the Holy Ghost and fire to fall upon them. Lord, that you will take them deeper and that you will give them more outreach, Lord. Broaden their tent stakes, O God, and I pray that you will expand them for the kingdom of God because they love you and their heart is for you and their heart is for people. So bless them, Lord. Bless his mother, his family. Bless Perla's family, God. We just pray, Holy Spirit, for divine protection. We thank you, God. Thank you that he could be here with us today. We bless him. We bless his family in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Rudy. We love you. That's He's going to share just something real quick. My daughter can translate. Muchas bendiciones. Uh, God bless you all. Me siento en casa. I feel like I'm at home with you. Eh, quiero compartir brevemente. Cuando el pastor estaba cantando, yo veía el Espíritu Santo posado en este lugar. Y movía sus alas. Y ese viento entraba en las familias. Y podía entender en mi espíritu que el Espíritu Santo estaba liberando las almas de las personas aquí. Porque venimos a veces con mucha opresión del maligno. con ideas negativas de fracasos y el Espíritu necesita liberar esas malas influencias de nosotros y eso sucede en casa así que bienvenidos a casa familia de Dios bendiciones I want to pray I want to pray that Heavenly Father, we receive that word. Thank you for your presence, God. We are nothing without you, but through you, Lord, all things are possible. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So thank you, Lord. I pray, God, that you will blow your wind into every heart, every life, every family. Today was a word for the family. So, Lord, we receive as families for all of our family members that do not know you. We receive, Father, deliverance, freedom. We all need to be free from something. Sometimes it's just doubt, fear, unbelief. Today is a day of freedom. We declare freedom. Come on, receive it, church. We declare freedom in the name of Jesus. Lord, take us to that level you desire us to be at, Lord infiltrate our whole heart, our whole life, our innermost being. Flood us with your presence, we pray, Lord. We need you. Empower us, Holy Spirit. We pray and we agree in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, two things that just came to my spirit. We're going to leave the baptistry filled by faith. It's going to stay full. 
you might need to be baptized now. Maybe you re- something happened and you came to Christ and you put your faith and hope in Him even at the altar here. In order for you to be baptized, you just bring a change of clothes and a towel. We just need to know. So like before, on your way out, on your way home, sometime this week, text the word baptism, baptism to 561-232-3992. We have one phone number for everything. You text the word baptism to 561-232-3992. And I've already been asking God, we're going to need to baptize folks every Sunday in Jesus' name. Every Sunday. To do that, the tank has to stay full. That doesn't fill up in like 20 minutes, by the way. So we're going to leave it filled till, who knows, I don't know how long, but at least for next Sunday. So text the word baptism, come and we'll be ready to baptize you next Sunday. Also, you need that new believers class? Don't miss that. Text the word rock, same number, 232-561-232-3992. The word rock. So we have a group and that'll start tomorrow night. You'll get the link, the Zoom link. Download the app and be ready for that. And you'll get a reminder tomorrow for the Zoom New Believers class. That's every Monday now at 7 p.m. God bless you.